Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is Thursday morning. I've got the man who prints money in the UFC. What's going on, James? Oh yeah, I appreciate that introduction there, Arch. I mean, yeah, I, I was surprised as to um, how good last weekend was when you told me I was in shock. But yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you, mate. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Now, you're not doing that well. Let's be honest, right? Let's let's. You're you're in a, no. you're a little bit of pain right now, right? As of right now, yeah. I mean, yeah. I turned 21 last night, so it's fair to say I had a pretty hefty one last night. I mean, as as rightly so. I mean, you're only 21 uh, once, I guess. Right, right. And you're the way you're living. You may not get to 22, so. <laughs> yeah, I might need to cut down on the um, the alcohol sort of side of life and uh, probably get back into shape. So in America, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I probably won't make twenty two. In America, shot, <laughs> shots are a big deal when you're on your birthday. Are are you guys? You do a lot of shots over there, or were you just? Oh lit? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, well, I mean, we'll do anything: shots, spirits, um, drinks, beers, pints, whatever. You name it, we'll drink it. You did it all. Probably you, same with you, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I conquered it all. Right. <laughs> Once you get a few shots in you, you're loosened up to drink everything and anything. Yeah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. <laughs> all right, man. So through your through your hangover fa- a haze, let's do this. Let's start with the UFC. I guess the first, the you know the the main fight of the night. Yeah, I mean, looking at it on paper, it's just not the most um, entertaining of cards we got this weekend. In all honesty, I'm going to be more than to watch. It's a bit of a, a stinker like last weekend. But um, no, obviously, the main event between Alistair Overeem and uh, Augusto Saki, it's an interesting one. It's a big uh, heavyweight fight. And there's, there's, you know, you look at it on paper, there are the permutations of this one. It's huge. I mean, both men are looking to get a title shot. And I think with Alistair Overeem, although he's just turned 40 or he's sort of hitting that stage towards the end of his career, he believes that he can get another title shot under his belt. Saki's 29. So, you know, he's um, he's doing very well in his career. He's only lost once out of his um, tenure in the MMA. So this is a big test for him, though. I think he, he has not fought a guy like Alistair Overeem. And the recent performances with Augusto Saki, I mean, he, he does have the power. I think... 13 of his 15 wins have come via a form of knockout. So the power is there. Same with Alistair Overeem. I mean, that man can do it all. 
Um, that's probably what it's going to come down to this weekend. I think with Saka, it just depends who's got the better striking and the more versatility in their striking. And I think with both fighters, I don't know. I think with Alistair Avery, he doesn't have the cardio to sort of last five rounds. I mean, you look at his recent fight with uh, Jorginho, um, the what fight before his last with Jorginho Rosenstrike before Walt Harris. He dominated all um, the early rounds and then tied towards the end and he saw Jorginho get the knockout. And with Walt Harris... As to everyone got it done earlier, I think that's the sort of case for both fighters. Although Augusto can go the distance, I think a lot of a, a few of his fights have gone the distance, so he's proven that he can go the full fifteen, the full twenty-five. But um, no, I think both men are sort of going to be looking to get it done earlier, and I think with their power, we will see an early knockout. I think the you know the sort of youthful side of Augusto Saki might sort of play a factor into this. With some fans, I don't think so. I think the full experience of Alistair Overeem and come fight night, I truly believe that he has another path to the title shot in him. So I think he'll get this done by a second round TKO. Overeem second round TKO. Mm-hmm. All right, got you in TKO. All right, let's see. Overeem opened up minus one eighty one. Yeah. And Saki opened up plus 155. Saki's now plus 138 and Overeem's minus 160. So it seems like the money people think that 181 was too high for Overeem and they took a shot mm. on Saki. Mm. I tend to agree with you. I think Alistair Overeem is going to take it. Uh, let's see what you're getting over here. Um, Alistair Overeem by TKO, KO, or submission plus 120. So you got that going for you. And first round, plus 375. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It looks like both cases, that's the most likely thing. Alistair Overeem wins by a submission or early stoppage, mm-hmm. let's say. And in the first round, because it just goes up and up and up from there. So, yeah. yeah, I like where you're at. I think you're probably there. I'm, I'm just going to follow you on this one. Let's just. Why not? Why the hell not? After, not? after last not? week. <laughs> after last week. Let's just follow you. <laughs> All right. So we got OSP next, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a, a weird one. So I'm looking at, uh, well, they never they tell you, my teachers at college and uni tell me not to trust Wikipedia, and I'm probably going to go with that on this one because <laughs> I'm looking at the card now. It says the second fight after Sejara Usbanks versus Carol Rosa. Oh, that is the second right. fight. Oh, okay. No you, no, you are right. It is OSP versus Lonzo Minefield next. Oh, okay. So I'll probably just, yeah, I'll, I'll go through that one, bloody Wikipedia. Um <laughs> Obviously, this was scheduled for last weekend on the Munoz uh, Edgar card, but um, unfortunately, I was about to pull out. I think it was due to COVID. Um, I think with that one, I can't remember when I talked to you about it. I think I said OSP via decision. Um, obviously, I'm just going to touch on this briefly because we went through this last week. You know what to expect from both fighters. I think with Minefield, he's such a hard-hitting guy. Can, he can knock you anyone out in his days. You know, he's such a brute in terms of his striking. And with OSP, you know, <laughs> over the years, he's become uh, traditional to that St. Prue choke and he's made that sort of submission his own. I think with OSP, I think he's, like I said to you earlier, he's got to survive the early round. And if he can get through the first round and sort of tire a minefield, and you saw him towards the end against Devin Clark, he just sort of the gas tank sort of um, was a big factor going into the final few rounds. So if OSP can sort of, you know, get out of the way of the early hard hitting shots and sort of get him up in the clinch and sort of wear him down into submission, I think he can, I think he can get it done. 
OSP. I mean, and I think I'm going to go for an OSP via third round submission this time, not by a prediction, oh. uh, not by a decision. Third round submission. Okay. Got it. So OSP opened up. Uh, OSP opened up plus one hundred six. He's plus one thirteen now. Mm. Minifield opened up minus one twenty two. He's minus one thirty now. So a little bit of money coming in on Minifield. Nothing. Mm. nothing to, I, I, I'm not so worried about a seven cent shift. I don't think no. much to worry about. OSP to win basically by early stoppage plus two hundred. Mm. In the third, I have a feeling this is going to be a big. Yes, plus fourteen hundred if it actually goes to the third. Oh that boy, comes in. Yeah, oh boy. God. Yes, yeah. That's, <laughs> I just hope that comes in. Yeah, yeah. I like where you're at. I think OSP wins. Yeah. I think you can flat bet this too. Just you know, plus the one thirteen. Take OSP mm. just to win overall. But yeah, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna jump on with you and take a piece of your action. So I'm definitely gonna follow you there because money's too good. I'm get getting greedy. Get paid. There you go. <laughs> That's my job to try and get your boys paid to get right, good right. money. Well, you know, every time after you have a monster week, you usually you usually follow it up with a less than stellar week. That's just that's just yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the gambling game. You know, you have a you know you skyrocket in terms of confidence one week, and then it comes crashing down the week after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, now we can talk about the the next one on Wikipedia. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Sajari Eubanks versus uh, Carol Rosa. I mean, ugh, I'm not overly fond of this one whatsoever. I think you look at Eubanks' record overall in terms of her career, it's absolutely shocking on paper. Uh, I think she's 5-4. and four. Yeah, she's 5-4. and four. The majority of her fights have gone to distance, although she's got two knockouts under her belt. So <clears throat> that aspect, I think, with Carl Rosa, she's got a good Muay Thai striking background. She's got a great. She's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so she's got a bit of competitive grappling experience. And I think she's more strong in that sort of department. I think she's got to be better and more mentally equipped in the wrestling exchanges. And I think with Sajara, her best sort of ability and her best hole in her arsenal is um, her striking. But I think, from my personal opinion, I genuinely think Rosa has the ability to sort of stay clear and stay shy of the, the strikes. And I think she can avoid those hard shots from uh, Eubanks. I, I just don't have any faith in Eubanks whatsoever. She's just, she's not the best of fighters on paper. She's very cocky. And every time she fight, I just love to see her lose with no disrespect. And I think <laughs> coming into this weekend, I think that's going to be the same case. I think we're going to see, we're not going to, let's be, let's be real. We're not going to see the most, um, crazy fight. It's not going to be the best of fights. I think it's going to be a 15 minute fest, ball fest in a way with no disrespect. It's just going to be a case of who can outpoint who and who can sort of get the points in the judges' scorecards. And I'm going to go for a rose of high decision. I think that's a, I think that's a safe, <laughs> safe, safe bet right there. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm looking at this average fight time for these fighters is 15 minutes each. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know where this one's going? Yeah, it sure looks like it, man. Got to follow you 100% decision. Carol Rosa, let's do it. Minus 132 is where she's at right now. So you could even mm. you could even take a piece of that. I don't think you're risking too much. I do think Carol Rosa is going to win. Yeah. All right. What do we got next? Uh, I believe next up is uh, Michael Pereira versus Zelim Amidev. Looks right. Yeah. This is a... <laughs> I don't know. This, this is a strange one. When we look at Pereira, I don't know if you've watched any of his fights, but 
the way he comes off from the blocks, he's just so he's weird. Like he's just he can kick hard, he can literally manhandle opponents in the clinch, and he has the ability to knock the living daylights out of you. He's, he's a big one seventy welterweight. Um, you see some of his sort of entertaining exchanges where he gets a bit cocky at times and he's jumping all over the cage, and it's it's certainly interesting to watch. And I think his fighting style is just very wild. I'm surprised he can make 170 ways. You look at Zellum, he was unbeaten in um, across other promotions in the Octagon Fighting Sensation and the Fight Night Global. But in the UFC, he hasn't really fared well. I think he's lost both of his fights uh, to Max Griffin and Danny Roberts in the UFC. So he's in need of a, a win. Um, but Pereira is beatable. He showed some improvements against Sanchez, but honestly, uh, I don't know if you saw the result. Sanchez won by because um, uh, Pereira threw something legal. I think it was a knee or something. I'm not sure. It was stupid. Like Pereira was winning all all of the rounds. He was going to win the fight, and then he just did that. So he's shown some improvement in that fight, bar the disqualification. And with Imaev, uh, uh, it's an interesting one. I think it depends what we can see from him. I think between the both of them, they're very hard in terms of their striking approach. They've, they can knock anyone out in terms of their days. You look at my dev, he's got a lot of uh, knockout wins and same with Pereira. So it's, it's a stylistic matchup in the sort of striking department. Both have got a good kickboxing ability and this is going to be an interesting one. I guarantee you this is not going to go the distance. I think Pereira has the, the harder and the more cleaner techni- uh, technique just because of his height and the build advantage. So I'm going to go for a Michael Pereira by a... Oof. I'm going to go for a second round knockout. Second round knockout. Okay. Yeah. This is the closest one of all the fights we've got. Mm. This is the closest mm. one on the lines. Uh, Pereira opened up as a slight favorite, and now it's even yep. even both sides. Minus 107, both sides at Pinnacle. Minus 110, both sides, bet 365. Mm. So it's a coin flip here. Just an absolute coin flip, according to the lines. Uh, second round, EKO. Well, Pereira wins by early stoppage, plus 175. In the yep. second, plus 750. Wow, I like that. I like that an awful lot. Uh, yeah, I kind of think Pereira has the edge here. Mm. So, yeah, let's do it. The, <laughs> I'm kind of follow you again on this one, man. The money's uh, the payout's looking so sweet. I gotta, I gotta mm-hmm. agree with you. But I, I do think Pereira wins. I really wouldn't even have a problem laying that minus one hundred seven, minus one ten. Mm. Right. What do we got next? Uh, Kelleher. Yeah, Kelleher, Kelleher versus Nabadad. Again, I think originally it was supposed to be Kelleher versus Ricky Simone, but I think a couple of days ago, one of his corner men tested positive COVID and Kevin had to step in on short notice. And we know what you I have. say this we know, time yeah, and time yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> I'm not overly fond of fighters stepping in on short notice, and it's a shame with Kevin. It's making his UFC debut. Um, he's unbeaten in five, I believe, at the top of my head. He's, he's a very strong knockout artist in the bantam, well, bantamweight division, but the fight will take place at featherweight because, obviously, you know, a week to cut down to 135 is going to be tough for Kevin. I think if he had a full training camp, I reckon he might have got the edge over Brian Kelleher. I really do. And you, you sort of know what to expect in... Um, Brian Kelleher's approach, you know, he's very predominant on the floor and on the mat and Kevin's a hard hitter. And I think if Brian can get the fight to the floor early on and sort of survive those early shots from Kevin, I think we'll just see a 
Brian controlled the fight and it's a shame really I mean I would like to have seen Kevin on full camp because he's very dangerous he's impressed a lot of people in the LFA promotion but ultimately we'll probably see Brian take the fight to the floor and sort of frustrate Kevin on the mat and I think he'll get the submission in the second round second round submission yeah Mm -hmm. no no surprise here um big big line uh Keller Brian uh Keller opened up minus 209 he's minus 215 now Kevin opened up plus 177. He's plus 181. So it looks like everyone's jumping on Keller, and it's probably the right move. I've got him winning too. You say second yep. round submission yep. is uh, plus 130. The Kelleher can end it early. In the second is plus 550. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Yeah, man. 215 is a little too high for me to pay at, yep. uh, on Keller. So again, God damn it. I'm just going to have to follow you. We'll have we'll have a disagreement at some point. We should, we should. <laughs> but, but some of these fights, I don't know if we, I don't know if we will. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot. What like nine, ten fights in this card, and predominantly a lot of them are one sided. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do we got going on here? Uh, next up, we have got Tiago Moises versus Jalen Turner, and again with Tiago, it's it's sort of a clash up in styles. It's similar to the Kelleher fight. One in Jalen Turner is a hard hitter. Eight of his nine wins have come by knockout. Whereas when you look at um, Moises, uh, I believe a lot, of his, a lot of his wins have come via submission and he's very dangerous on the floor. We last saw him in May, I believe, at um, on the Smith Teixeira card and he won via submission over Michael Johnson. So I think with this fight, we're going to see a sort of we're going to see the similar approach to the Brian Kelleher fight. Um, we'll probably see Jalen come out pretty strong early on, sort of look for the finish. He's very hard hitting himself. Like I said, eight of his nine wins come in via form of knockout. But I think ultimately Thiago will sort of find a way to take the shots and, and manage to sort of find a way to get the fight to the floor. And bearing in mind, Thiago has got some good striking background himself. It's a southpaw stance and... You know, he's got a good background in the striking department, but like I said, he's a black belt in BJJ. He's got a good ground game and he's, he's, you know, he's been around the MMA game for a while. So, and he's only 25 and he's been competing for almost 10 years professionally. Um, I think we'll see Tiago Moises get this done by submission in the first round. I'm going to get first round submission for Tiago. First, first round submission. That's right. Okay. This one's a little worrisome. It's a little bit. Tiago opened up minus 193. He's one, minus 162 now. Jalen yeah. Turner opened up plus 164, plus 140 now. So the line is definitely, definitely getting better for Tiago as it, as the mm. week has gone on. It's gotten worse for J- Jalen. So mm. let's see here. First round, you said submission or I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. I said Submi- submission. That's what I thought. Okay. Tiago th- submission. It's, it's uh, plus 130. Plus mm. 130 that he ends the fight early. In the first, plus 300. Let's see here. I'm just looking. Ah, I kind of think you're right, but the line movement mm. worries me. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, uh, me personally, I would probably, I'm going to stay off this one. Yeah, I want to see. What, let's see where this line goes to by Saturday. If it keeps getting better and better for Moises, yeah. I would I would maybe even throw a couple bucks on Turner to pull the upset because mm. it looks like somebody might know something we don't. <laughs> no, there is a path to victory for Jalen. As I said, he's a hard hitter himself, so yeah. if he can sort of keep the fight standing, then you never know. Okay, and there we go. All right, next up. 
Uh, next up, we have got Bartos Fabinski versus Andre Munoz. Um, again, this is going to be, I think this is a middleweight clash. Uh, it's an interesting one. I think both men are sort of experienced in their department, but yet to sort of break through into the top ranks of the middleweight division. Um, on this one, ultimately, I think Fabinski is certainly a tough test on the floor, um, but I think Munoz has probably got a he's probably got a chance of catching him on the floor. Both men are sort of able to compete in the wrestling exchanges and in the grappling exchanges. So Fabinski's problem is he can get the ground and pound on the floor, but he does give up his back a few couple of times in fights. And, you know, we will see his opponent get the submission victory. Um, ultimately, I think we will see uh, Fabinski get this done. I think we last saw him against Dan Stewart. I think that was his last fight. Um, yeah, I think Dan Stewart... Is uh, was a tough test for Bartos, but he managed to get that done by decision, I believe. And I think just based on his sheer presence in the middleweight coming into the fight against Munoz, he's got a lot of experience, as I said, and you know he, he can do it all. He's, he's got an okay, reasonably decent wrestling background. He's got a good striking distance. Um, again, I think with Fabinski, he averages 15 minutes uh, in the octagon. He, he enjoys a lot of that time in the cage. So I think we will see another decision victory for Fabinski. Fabinski decision. Okay. Fabinski opened up minus 144. He's minus 162 now. Andre mm. opened up plus, plus 125, plus 140 now. So looks like people are coming in on Fabinski, and I think that's probably the right move. I'm looking at this. Mm. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just don't, I don't see it. I think Fabinski does win. Uh, Fabinski yeah. by decision is plus 130. Mm. So there you go. Still getting paid, turning one six minus one sixty two into plus one thirty. I like it. I'm gonna follow mm. you. I am definitely gonna follow you here. <laughs> All right, moving down the card. Who we got next? Uh, I may, I genuinely cannot trust Wikipedia. I think next up on mine is Montana De La Rosa versus Vivian Rojo. I don't know who what you've got. That looks what I've got too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll just go with that. I think yeah with um. Uh, Vivian, you, you know it's expensive from her. She's a she's a decent striker, but predominantly she's got great jiu-jitsu experience. As does most of the as does most of the Brazilian fighters. To be honest, they got great BJJ mm-hmm. experience. So I think there's a path to victory for both fighters. Although Vivian had a tough test recently in December against Jessica I and ultimately lost. But she does have the ability to sort of work her way back up the flyweight division. And whereas with Montana, it's an interesting one, her approach. I think she's not as consistent as she should be, straight up and down in terms of her record. Like she'll win one fight and then she'll lose. But in terms of her last five fights, I believe she's won four out of her last five fights. So she's doing all right recently. But she does have the ability to sort of lose in a way via decision. Like she could take the early rounds and then sort of fade away into the latter rounds. But I think with a lot of hers, it's an, a, a matchup in terms of grappling. Both women are very capable of competing on the map. And I think Montana De La Rosa's majority of her wins, eight out of 11, I believe, come by submission. So again, we're not going to see the most interesting fights. If, if you're a fan of, um, if you're a fan of striking and knockouts, then this isn't the fight for you. <laughs> Ultimately, this is going to take place on the floor for most of the fights. And it's just a case of who's grappling's better in the exchanges and who could sort of 
potentially in for the submission. But um, ultimately, I don't know. On paper, it looks like Montana might get this one done. I think I've seen a lot of people uh, back Montana on this one, but I'm going to go for an Arojo by decision. Arojo by decision. Yeah, Montana opened up plus 154. She's plus 156 now. Mm. Uh, Vivienne opened up minus 179. She's minus 182 now. So they set her as a favorite, and they're keeping her as a favorite. So no, yeah. no, no worries there. If for Vivian in decision is plus one thirty seven. So again, that's not bad. You're taking a minus one eighty two mm. and turning it into plus one thirty seven. <laughs> I think you're right. I'm looking at the numbers. I can't. I can't back Montana. I gotta go with Vivian. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Damn it again. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of them ones, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's it's not as bad as two weeks ago. No, but yeah, I'm not. I, it looks like I'm not seeing maybe one, maybe one surprise here. Let's keep going. Mm. Let's see if we can find it. Yeah, we'll keep going. Um, I think the next fight I've got on paper is the is it the heavyweight one? I don't know what you've got between uh, Rogério uh, Delema versus yes. Alexander Romano. That's, that's what I've got. That's, next that's what up. you got. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is a heavyweight bout, and I think with Marcos, he's missed the light heavyweight a couple of times. So he returned to, I think this is his first return to heavyweight since his debut. Mm. And um, it's going to be an interesting one because if you know Romanov, then it's not going to be, a, a, it's going to be certainly a tough day at the office for Marcos. I think Romanov is 11 and 0. And this is the beauty. I think you look at the heavyweight division, you, you barely see heavyweights that can do it all. Like you've got, uh, hard hitters, but you've also got capable wrestlers. And with Romanov, he's capable of doing both. You know, he can knock you out, but he can also, he's got the ground game ability to sort of prove it as well. That's certainly a plan B in his arsenal. So in that fight with uh, Mokos, it's going to be an interesting one. I think he could get the early stoppage in the finishing, but, um, you know, it's going to take a lot to sort of knock out Marcos. And I know he's going to step up a weight uh, division, but I still think he's got the the ability to sort of last the shots early on. But ultimately, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think he's getting on a bit now. He's 35 and it's an interesting one. A lot of his wins have come by knockout. So the best bet for Romanov in this one, although he's predominantly a striker, but he's very capable in the wrestling and grappling exchanges, he's not going to want to sort of stand and compete with Marcos. So he's going to want to sort of take the fight to the floor early on and ultimately try and get the submission victory. Because we do see a lot of, and especially in a couple of uh, Marcos' losses, the majority of them have come by submission. And his defense isn't all there. Like he, he gives up his back really easily and tends to not, tends to really like give up in a way on the back. And I think the size advantage as a heavyweight is going to favor Romanov uh, in this one. And I'm going to go for a first round submission for Alexander. Ooh, first round submission. Is this his first fight? In the UFC well, yeah. for Romanov? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I couldn't find enough data to uh to come up to come up with a side on this one. Mm. So let's just see what you got. Uh, so Romanov opened up minus one eleven. He's minus one thirty now. Marcos opened up minus one oh three. So it was pretty close. Pretty close mm. to start, but it's starting to tear away. Marcos is plus one thirteen now. So it looks like people are, are backing Romanov here. Uh, let's see what we can get to for your first round. Uh, pl- ooh, plus one hundred. That's all you're getting for, <laughs> for the for the uh, submission in the first plus two fifty. Hmm. 
So yeah, there you go. I don't have enough data. I mean, I guess I'll just follow you because it looks like that's where the money's coming in on the on the yeah. bet. So I'll follow you there. All right. The final one, I believe, in that uh, Cole Smith versus Hunter Azuri. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, obviously, Cole Smith seven and one, and Hunter Azuri eight and one. It's going to be an interesting one to say the least. Unfortunately. Hunter, he came through the, I believe he came through the contender series. And I think we talked about this earlier and he sort of, I think he lost in uh, his first professional bout. I think it was to Brian Kelleher. I think I'll probably have to Google that one, but you know, he's eight and no going into Brian Kelleher. I'm going to Google that now. I genuinely think that was his last week. Yeah. Yeah. He lost via second round knockout to uh, Brian Keller. So that was arguably his toughest test to date in terms of Hunter Zuri. I mean, it's always tough. I mean, you look at Brian Keller, he's got a lot of experience back his name. Whereas with Cole Smith, it's going to be an interesting one. They're sort of, they're both in a way like fighting to break through into the top 15 bantamweight division. Um, I think Hunter, you know, he's, he's, um, I think he's got a shorter inch advantage over Smith, I think he's three and a half uh, inches on Hunter. So it's going to be an interesting one to see the striking exchanges, whether or not Hunter can sort of get that done and try and pick him apart early on. I don't think we will see that. I think ultimately his best bet is to sort of take the fight to the floor and sort of, in a, well, we call this, our spirits, we call, sort of call this as a shit house, sort of <laughs> grind your way to a decision and sort yeah. of not make this easy and, you know, get up in the clinch. And that's what sort of, is always best bet. And I think with this one, I don't think we'll see a comfortable one. Uh, it's certainly going to be a tough one. I, I like Cole Smith. He brings a lot to the table, but ultimately, I don't know. When it comes to a decision, he lost his only fight via a decision, although it was a split decision. It's going to be an interesting one, to say the least. Um, oh, I don't know. This isn't going to be the best fight, fights on paper to sort of open up the weekend, but I don't know. I think just the sort of ability in terms of the tools in his arsenal with the Zuri. He's got a lot in his pocket. He can do, he can mix it up whenever he needs in the fight. If he's on the back foot, he's capable of turning it around. And I think we will see that again. I think it'll be like a hairy fight for Zuri. And I think he's got all the tools to sort of edge this one, maybe even comfortably cruise to a decision. So I'm going to go for a Zuri by decision. Zuri by decision. Okay. Uh, Cole Smith opened up plus 170. He's plus 190 now. Hunter opened up minus 200, minus 226 now. So it looks like the money's solidly coming in on Hunter. Yeah. Um, you got a decision. Hunter by decision. It's plus 105. So just a little bit of, getting a little bit of a mm. plus line there. I think this is the one, though. I think this is the one. Really? I think this is the one. If, if an underdog, a pretty heavy underdog is going to win, I think Cole Smith might have a chance here. Yeah, I think that you. I, I'm willing to take a flyer on it. I'm willing to bet Cole Smith plus the 190 to win this one. Mm. I think this is. It looks like it's going to be an ugly ass fight. <laughs> no, I mean I, I can I can see a path between. Yeah. I think he's won yeah. across uh, other promotions, Cole Smith. But fortunately, he did lose on his uh, UFC debut to. Well, sorry, his second UFC fight to Miles Jones. But he sort of he approaches the fight in a way like the similar to sort of Azuri. He's got a lot of. Um, his wins have come via submission. It's going to be a great fight, but yeah, there is, there's certainly a path to victory. If he can sort of, as I said, alluded to earlier, he's won a title across uh, the promotion. And if he can sort of use that to his advantage in a way, knowing that he's been a champion in another promotion and sort of 
get the edge in the sort of grappling exchanges, maybe we'll see him get the job done. But I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. at least we've at least we've disagreed on something. Yeah, something. <laughs> I think there's a chance. I think there's probably enough of a chance to warrant yeah. a plus one night. You could bet Cole Smith plus one ninety and Hunter Azur to win decision. Both of them. You could bet yeah. both and still turn a profit either way. Not a lot, but a, a, no. a little bit, a little bit. So you could be on both sides of this bet. Hmm. Right. So that's it. I can't see that. I can't see that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Go through the whole card. I'm going through the whole card. Not bad. Not bad. How, how you holding up, man? You still feeling okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was struggling towards the end, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm, I'm, you know, we go again. We go again. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, this is this is the perfect hangover cure. Just talking to you for half an hour about UFC and trying to get you a profit or two this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Let's hopefully, let's hopefully make some money off this. You're still tweeting over UFC Deluxe. Yep, still over at UFC Deluxe. Yeah, and do you still have your website? Do you still blog over in your own personal website? Uh, yeah, yeah. I still do um, some stuff. I've been a bit inactive recently, but obviously because it's my birthday. I think oh, you can let that one slide, <laughs> but I'm going to try and get some content before I go back. And I do daily roundups. And if there's like a, a big breaking news, I don't know, say, I don't just say, for example, Conor McGregor returns and he's got a fight coming up. <laughs> I'll do like feature pieces on that. Any big breaking news, I'll write. But yeah, I'm still over on my website. We, still doing bits and bobs here and there. We know what you wished for when you blew out the candles. We know that you were wishing for Conor McGregor come back in the ufc yeah if you know me you know i'm a big um mcgregor fan and <laughs> you know i hope he does come back one day but i'm not fast if he doesn't okay <laughs> so the big place to follow you is ufc deluxe also yeah, you should be over listening to the sports sesh you're getting that right i'm impressed you're getting that right every time <laughs> i'm still i'm hearing the emphasis on sesh here the sports sesh, sesh, sesh yes yeah. sesh. Emphasis on sesh yeah so head over there listen to james yep. and um james you guys are interviewing everybody right yeah yeah uh, myself and mason, mason we just had i don't know if you're into i don't know if you watch any of the ufc press conferences but i think recently we had john morgan on and he's notoriously known for being the guy to ask the first questions at UFC press conferences. He's, he's arguably one of the, uh, like I said earlier uh, on Twitter, he's probably one of the combat sports journalism kings over in America. He's very big yeah. in terms of what he does. So it was so it was one of my favorite episodes, to be honest. I think we spent just over an hour talking, and he was very well-spoken, and he had a lot to say. And I thought it would be... I've tried for so long to get him on because he's been busy in Yaz Island and I yeah. thought he'd never come on, but you know, fair play to him. He's been on furlough, so he's got a bit of time on his hands and yeah, he's a really nice guy. So we've just released that today and yeah, oh. be sure to check that one out. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, link is in the description below. Check it out. Sports sesh. All right, James, is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, off the top of my head, not really. I mean, hopefully, Obviously, when you said to me last weekend, I had a decent night with some of the fights. You know, this weekend's going to be an absolute howler, so don't sort of slate <laughs> me. Don't slate me if I have a crap weekend. Right, right. And if you download the app, you download the DGEN's yeah. app, you can yell at James directly. You can at James on the, on, the, uh, on the app there and tell him how disappointed you are in him. I might have to delete the app if I'm going to get some slander <laughs> after this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.